Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Daigle Bites ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Daigle Bites podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Daigle. I'm a singer that hails from the deep swamps of Louisiana. I ventured my way up to Nashville to take the risk of jumping in on the pipe dream of singing on stages other than the ones I grew up seeing. Along this journey, I wrote a song called You Say, and what came next absolutely changed my life. I found myself in tour buses, singing on stages all over the world, and every single night I would get asked the question, what would Lauren Daigle be doing if she hadn't pursued music? Well, this season of Daigle Bites is answering just that, and I'm bringing you along with me on this adventure. I'm inviting new friends that I've just met and old friends that I've known for a long time to come and explore what it is like to pursue their passions. I know that they've inspired me, and I'm sure that they will probably do the exact same thing for you. So my absolute hope is that as you're sitting and you're listening, you then too can be inspired. You then too can ask the question, what is it that I would love to do with my life? And maybe along the way, you'll find steps to making that happen. So pull up a seat. Join us in the conversation. You have a place here. This is the Dago Bites podcast on Amazon Music. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Dago Bites podcast. Today, you are in for such a treat. This next guest I've actually known since nearly the beginning of my career. She is such a doll. She actually sang all the background vocals on my Look Up Child album. She flew in from California, where she was living at the time, and did every single song within less than 48 hours. But you probably know her better as the artist and poet, Morgan Harper Nichols. Morgan's popular Instagram feed, at Morgan Harper Nichols, has garnered a loyal online community of over 2 million, and she is the author of All Along You Are Blooming, a book of poems and art she created in response to the personal stories submitted by her friends and followers. I remember where I was when Morgan showed me her Instagram for the very first time, where she basically said, oh, I just have these little pieces of art that I started doing on my iPad just as a creative outlet. And at the time, she had about 10,000 followers on Instagram. Well, lo and behold, people started submitting stories and asking if she could curate pieces of work specifically for their story. So she did. And it became a beautiful sensation that has exploded into places like anthropology, Adobe, and Coach. Today, we're going to be talking about our mutual love of stationary lines and the desire to create, where Morgan starts in her creative process, and how Morgan sang background vocals on Look Up Child. I cannot wait for you to hear all of the things that she has to say with such eloquence. This is my dear friend, Morgan Harper Nichols. We are here with my dear friend, Morgan Harper Nichols, and I'm so, so proud of all that you've done. For all the people listening in right now, Morgan has these beautiful canvases behind her. Uh, that I'm I'm loving how colorful they are. I thought oh, all of your you. work was on an iPad, and to see that you're yes doing some tangible painting is amazing. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank, thank you for being you. here. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. And and yeah, it's interesting. I've kind of like ebbed and flowed out of painting on canvas, but 
over the past few years, you know, being home more, I'm like, yeah, let's let's bring out the canvases again. So, oh, <laughs> so yeah, okay. I've been doing a whole lot more painting and a lot of it's honestly just for fun. I mean, it's a nice just break and a shift, mm-hmm. you know, from like staring at a screen and just being able to just go over and play with paint. It's I'm like, yeah, it's I feel like six year old me is really happy right now that I'm doing this. So, yeah. How old are you, Morgan? I'm 30, almost 32. Like, okay, (laughs) that makes me excited because I'm 30 right now. And maybe by 32, I'll be closer to my six year old self via painting. Yes. I I love painting, but I just, uh, girl, I'm not good at it. That's the bottom line. (laughs) I'm just not good at it. I, I'm not gonna lie, it is intimidating. Like even as somebody who who has painted a lot, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like, oh my gosh, like these materials, they, I need I have to know what to do with them. I still feel that mm-hmm. way. So, but I always I always just like tell people this. I'm like, if nothing else, just start with the color blue. Just start with some blue and a little bit of water. You can't go wrong. So <laughs> Okay. What is it? What is it about blue? Specifically I think that color. There's like some there's like some like really technical stuff that I don't know how to explain, but it's something about the pigment itself that it's just a lot more forgiving and a lot more like it's just like if it's if it's heavier, if it's light, like it can create lots of really cool dimensions. And it's hard to get there with other colors. Like for instance, if you just start with yellow. Yellow is very hard to kind of get to pop on its own, but there's something about blue. Like I literally, like, you know, you're able to see this table behind me. I was doing like a small series of some blue watercolor paintings and all it was was just like a swoosh of blue on every page. And then like my husband walked by and he was like, Ooh, and I was like, I'm, this isn't even, <laughs> this isn't even really that much, but yeah. So just a little trade secret that I just made up. But yeah. Okay, I think I'm going <laughs> to do that. way to go. <laughs> I have a, a lunch with a friend tomorrow and I'm going to say, let's ditch lunch and let's paint blue because yes. I, I've i got to get my my hands dirty. I yes. love, I just, I love diving in. Yes. Um, shall we tell the backstory of how we know each other? Yeah, it's, we totally should. <laughs> okay. So everybody listening in, um, Morgan is also an incredible singer, and we met via my my producer, Paul Mabry. Yes. I think I sang on your record first, right? Yeah, because is I that- think at some point we were working on music at the same time with Paul. So I think that was how we like kind of officially met, which that was just so cool because, I mean, Paul's work, obviously amazing. And yeah, so he... He was working on my stuff and your stuff. So then like, I think that was like, the, it was like, oh, y'all y'all can sing on each other's stuff. Yes. It was, <laughs> and that was like so long ago. I feel like that was in maybe like 2014 when that first oh, yeah. happened. I remember walking in and hearing your voice and thinking, wait, what? Like my, my brain had just, I don't know. I was so taken by the texture and the tone and how you are able to deliver. It's almost like, you know what, honestly, and I'm I'm just saying this for the first time, it's like the poetry that everybody gets to experience that comes out of you, you were able to channel that into a sound. Hmm, and thank you. I mean, I will never forget the first time hearing your voice. And I immediately started studying and thinking, how can I bring this many shapes and these depths of color to hmm. sound? How do I do this? You have 
such an incredible gift. Everybody oh. listening in, my favorite was Go Tell It on the Mountain. Oh, my and goodness. And we were yeah. from the mountain. Oh, my goodness. Thank that. you. Wow. That... I, <laughs> Girl, I still pull that thing up. I still pull it up. I'm like, I got to listen to it. It's just so alive and and it's so beautiful. Mm. So, yeah. So we worked in, um, that was at Ed Cash's studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His old yeah. one. And um, we ended up singing there. And then fast forward, I think it was like two years later. Yeah. Or three, three years later. I can't remember how long it was in I know. between like... All I know is I was living in LA at the time. Yep. And I was, I I don't know if this is the right, I feel like where I was living, I was living there early 2018, but I don't know okay. if that math is right. Yes, that math is totally right. <laughs> That's when it was because we released the record late 2018. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And I remember at the time you said, yeah, uh, we were like, so what have you been up to lately, Morgan? And you said, yeah, I've got this. Well, it's kind of an art outlet. You were like unsure still at the time of what it was. You were mm-hmm. just kind of like, I don't know. I just started, you know, painting these things on my iPad. And and I think you had had like maybe 10,000 followers. Like it oh, was yeah. in the it very, was very beginning. It was very small at that point. Yeah. yeah. It was- and <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I just love it. But I don't even think it had taken on the shape of people sending in stories. And I don't know if it had yeah, even it gotten was- to that point yet. Yeah, I had kind of launched that part not too long before, but it was very not like in a big way. So I was still just trying to figure out like what is this? Like how how yes. is this going to play out? I didn't know. I was still very much so just trying stuff and yeah, it's a lot has happened since A then. lot has happened. So take <laughs> us on that journey. Tell us yeah. tell us what first of all, what is the name? Do you just mm-hmm. go by Morgan Harper Nichols? Yeah, I I feel like I'm really I'm I'm actually really bad at naming things like mm-hmm. naming projects and like I for instance like with an album I haven't come up with an album forever and I'm like I think I'll just call it Morgan Harper Nichols number two like I don't even know yes. like, I'm just like I'm surprisingly really bad at naming things so I never end up coming up with a name for the project but in a way I feel like. That's kind of the beauty of it because I I don't now I don't feel this pressure of like okay I've got to keep doing this forever like since I created it I've kind of phased in and now of like doing it all the time or you know and I kind of like that so honestly but I, I will say that I mean writing for people and encouraging people to kind of like send me a message and then I just respond with art that really did motivate me to just put my art out there more and try new things with it. So I, for some reason, like just ended up sticking with that for a few years. I was just like, I'm just going to share something every day or almost every Mm -hmm. day, even if it's smaller, you know, just like something simple, even if it's just like a repost, I'm just going to keep showing up and see what happens. And I think it was kind of the big shift that ended up happening in uh, that same year. I want to say it was like right around the time, maybe like a few weeks before or after I flew out to Nashville to sing on your record that I got an email from publisher that was like, we'd like to do a book with you. And that was just like a pretty big shift because I didn't have a literary agent. I didn't know. I mean, of course, I was like, yeah, it'd be cool to make a book with art and poetry, but I didn't know mm-hmm. how to do that. So, yeah, it was during that time that the talks and negotiations started with my first book deal. 
And that was just like, okay, so I'm doing something. So I was like, at least until the book comes out, like I'll just keep sharing. So the book was scheduled, came out in January, 2020. So I was like, well, until then I'll just keep sharing and figuring it out. So from then to January, 2020 was when I really started to get a lot more collaborations and they all came from Instagram. I mean, I think my, my first really big one was with Coach, Coach Handbags. I did something for a nonprofit they were working with. And then they came back again and wanted to do another collaboration. And all of it was just like finding me from my Instagram. And I was like, well, I guess I'm doing something right. (laughs) So, um, And then kind of like the third component, so it's like the books. And then it was like the collaborations were starting. And then like the third thing was I got reached out to by an app developer and then we started making an app together. And then the fourth, and I don't want to say final thing, but it was kind of like, the, <laughs> like okay, we're doing enough stuff. Yep, yep. <laughs> and that was when um, I got reached out to by a studio in California called French Studio. And what they do is they make journals and planners and all that kind of stuff. So I remember meeting with them and I was, they were like, yeah, we'd love to just talk with you about like making a few products. And I was like, sure, let's go check it out. And then we started talking and they're like, oh, by the way, we think Barnes and Noble might want this one. I was like, well, wait a second. I thought you were just like making some journals. I didn't know they were going like out in the world like that. So that's- They were almost like- a distribution company mm-hmm. yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Wow. So they like make all of the journals and planners and then like they have, you know, buyers and things. So I didn't know anything about that world. I was just like, sounds cool. Um, <laughs> so yeah, since then I've been doing a lot of stuff like that. So I've had like candles, packaging, like all kinds of stuff. So all of it kind of stemming from just making art and I think, and I think this is something that's really cool about art and you know this, it's like you put something out there, but then other people have like their way of connecting mm-hmm. with it. And they, they can see, sometimes other people can see things in your art that you can't oh, see yeah. yourself. Yes. And I just love that. I'm just like, I, I live for that. And it's just like, it's such like a, just a reminder to just like surrender, you know, it's like, just do wow. your part. And yep. then like- the rest, other like <laughs> other people are going to be able to see things in it that you can't see, which I just think is so cool. I remember one time this lady telling me, hey, your songs are the seeds, but the people are the scatterers. Oh, and wow. there was just something so beautiful about that imagery that. of like, oh, yeah, this is simply doing my part. It really actually minimizes your role. It keeps you in a very humble state. Mm-hmm. While being able to do something that you just love, that makes you come alive, you know? Yeah. So when did you you start the process of inviting people's stories to become a part of your art? Yeah. So I think the first time that I shared about it was, it was in late 2017, but I shared about it in like a really kind of passive way. Like I literally just posted it on my Instagram story. I I still have the screenshot of the graphic, which I think is so, the screenshot of the graphic actually tell has so much to unpack in it because (laughs) it was a white background and the text that I used was light gray. Like you could barely even see it. See it. And I'm like, to me, I was like subconsciously, I think I was struggling to like really own this idea. I think I was just like, I 
have this idea, but I don't know how people are going to receive it. So I'm just going to like throw it up on the Instagram story and just see what happens. So it was out there, but I was just kind of like, oh, I don't really know. It was elusive. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. With it? So I was, I was doing it. I was responding to people with art and poetry just through Instagram DMs, but I never like, I wasn't making like that big of a deal out of it. Cause I was just like, I don't even know what this thing is. And then it was like that following year, 2018, that some of these poems I started to write for people, like they started sharing them and then like bigger accounts and like other people were seeing them and sharing them. And then it were just kind of got around <laughs> and I started getting DMs like, hey, I heard you're writing things for people. So it was kind of like a slow build. But even to this day, I'm like, I don't think I ever did like a big, like solid announcement of like, here's what I'm doing for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. It was just like kind of slowly, slowly building. And it started wow. kind of late 2017. So yeah. And that's kind of what launched your book, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of like the very beginning conversations of the book when it came out. It was just like, wow, we see what you've been doing with writing with other people in mind. And, you know, how can we bring that to a book? Which that was incredibly intimidating, but Mm -hmm. somehow somehow eventually I got the words on the page. (laughs) I am so, I am so proud of you, Morgan. Like genuinely, just from being in the studio to this, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a, it is so special. Like so special. Mm -hmm. You're doing something that I am not only inspired by, but I, so I've always longed to make a stationary line. I mm. love writing letters. My grandparents and I, we were pen pals over the past tour. And oh, I just, I love, I, I love it. And I feel like writing letters and writing notes, like words are such an incredible tool to communicate the mm-hmm. way you love someone or thoughts that you're experiencing. There's just so many things that words can bring forth to create life in a way. So oh, yeah. I want to, I have the whole concept and everything of this stationary line and basically the goal of getting letters into loved ones' hands, you know? Yeah. But what is one story from that moment of saying, okay, I'm just going to put this out mm-hmm. and see where it goes, you know, kind of the hesitancy there that you realize that effort of boldness and bravery really paid off? Like, what is one story that you're like, I did it for this reason? Mm, oh, my goodness. Yes. I have, like, I'm all about, like, those full circle moments yes. where it's just like, oh, my gosh, I remember where I started. Yeah. And then I remember all the way back. And I have, you know, how I got there. And I have a few of those, but I think one that stands out to me the most because I can just remember so many of the details of it, but I had had someone message me and she was just kind of, she was just kind of expressing like some of the things that she was going through and feeling really kind of insecure and just sort of doubting her abilities and, and just questioning her place in the world. And it was definitely like a story about just someone who just is creative and just Mm -hmm. wanting to do more. So I I wrote something to her and it said, this is the season that she will make beautiful things, not perfect things that speak to who she is and who she is called to be. And I just, 
it, it just felt like I felt like that was all I could say. And at, at the moment, it felt like it wasn't enough. Like yeah. I felt like mm. I was like, this doesn't feel practical. I was like, this doesn't feel like uh, I don't feel like I quite got to what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she responded and she really connected with it. And was like, thank you so much for, you know, writing this with me in mind. And that ended up being like the first image that ended up um, being in my online shop. It ended up being on my first coffee mug and it ended up being on um, this uh, sweatshirt that I did with anthropology. Like it just kept a t-shirt I did with anthropology. Like it like it showed up everywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, that was literally the moment where I felt like the most doubt about mm. sharing this with someone, I felt like it wasn't enough. But it's it's kind of like what you said that that woman shared with you about like what you make is the seed and other people are the scatters because I felt like it was like that because I was like, I didn't see the potential in this at all. I never would have thought that that would have happened. So I think it was actually a year later. So I think I sent that to her, I want to say in... 2019. And then Valentine's Day 2020 is when I got to see that quote on a t-shirt in the anthropology window display in LA. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> was like, that was just like, whoa, I never could have imagined that that would have been the trajectory of that. So yeah. it's incredible that the thing that you were saying to her is what you needed for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. that is amazing. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be perfect. And here you yes. are like, oh, God, I don't know if it was perfect enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was enough. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. would represent perfection. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then yet what you're saying to her is it doesn't have to be perfect. It, mm-hmm. And here you are. I love the moments where you feel the most inadequate. And it's almost like mm-hmm. God just takes them and rocket launches them. Yeah. And he's like that classic verse of, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm-hmm. It's like you get to see those moments yeah. whenever we're weak and he's able to catapult things from yeah. what we oh might feel goodness. is inadequate, you know? Yeah, that's oh. why I would say like, I feel like Moses is always just like my favorite <laughs> because I feel like Moses' story is like, oh my goodness, I can't do this. I can't speak. I can't do this. And God's like, well, that's exactly what I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you to do. Yep. And I often feel like that's my story. So I, I turn to that often because it's like, yeah, it's it's so much, it's it's not about our abilities. Like it's it's what God can do through us, which I just think is so, so amazing. When I sit down on my iPad and try to create something, I'm going to think about this, this yes. moment. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm trying to pretend like I know what I'm doing when I absolutely don't. Let's just co-partner God. Just show me what it's like to do this because there's something so much more rich about that experience in the first place, you know, when you feel like a piece of your soul is coming alive Mm -hmm. because He is investing into the moment with you. There's something so rich about that that I just just love. I'm so inspired by you. I can't believe, like— the journey and hearing how far you've come. Mm. Now, I do know that the last time we had talked, I think it was like three years ago, we were going to have you fly back to do something else. And you're like, hey, y'all, some health things are going on. Yeah. And I don't know if, if this was connected or not, but I just read recently that you were diagnosed with autism. Yeah. 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 Is so- this something you like to 
to speak yeah. about and advocate for? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I was diagnosed a year ago and there had been different seasons in my life where I had thought about that that could be a possibility. And just with my sister also having a neurological condition, like it wasn't like that far off. Like it was just mm-hmm. like, okay, there could be something going on here. So I ended up like having, I have had like these different moments in my life where I was struggling with different things. I didn't know why. And a lot of it had to do with sensory issues. So that's just one example. But, um, for instance, like when I used to tour with my sister and she was doing like these arena tours and everything, I used to walk away. And sometimes I'm just like singing BGVs and playing guitar and I would walk off stage sometimes like and I would literally just be shaking and mm. I would feel so overwhelmed and so tired. And I used to think that it was like, I'm like, oh, maybe it's because I didn't have enough sleep or, you know, maybe my, you know, like in ears were just way too loud that night. Ringing, or yeah. Maybe I like had too much caffeine. <laughs> like I would always just attribute it to something like that. But I would literally, like sometimes I felt like I wanted to just cry and I was just like, oh my gosh, what is it? Mm-hmm. So like flash forward to 2020, I'm watching TikTok videos and <laughs> I actually started seeing videos of women who have been diagnosed as adults who are autistic and a lot of them were talking about sensory issues and sensory overload and how a lot of people even who have an autism diagnosis also may have a sensory processing disorder and maybe sometimes loud music can have an effect. I'm like, oh, whoa, hold on. Wait a second. I was like, that sounds like me. So yeah, I was able to find a specialist where I lived. I was just Googling around and I found someone and it was like a several month process and I ended up getting diagnosed. But yeah, I mean, essentially it's just my nervous system just gets affected by a lot of different things, especially on that sensory level. And I just had no idea. Like I had no yeah. clue. Like I had no yeah. I had no clue why I was just like so fatigued, so tired, getting sick. Cause if you're not if you're not getting sleep, that pretty much affects everything. So it's everything. like if you're not rested, if you're tense, if you're stressed, like that can literally affect so many other things. So I had all this just like <laughs> mounds of stress just coming from so many different areas. I didn't know where it was coming from. But yeah, it's it's been very, very eye-opening. And honestly, when I received the diagnosis, I mean, it was, for me, it was empowering. I mean, you know, it's like, I know that receiving a diagnosis is not does not always feel empowering for different people for so many different reasons. And for me in that moment, though, it felt very empowering because it was like, now I have language for these experiences yeah. and now I know where all of that was coming from. So, yeah. Have you seen that play out in your art? Yes, I have because so and <laughs> I keep focusing on like the sensory part of it. That's not the mm-hmm. only part, but that is like a huge part of it and this is where I've seen how it plays out in my art. So, because I have this sensitivity to color, sound, it does. I realize it's like even the sensitivity I have to my own singing voice. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know exactly like where I need to be, like to get certain sounds like out of myself. And I'm yes. very aware of it. So I was like, yeah, I think that that has to do with the fact that like even as I'm speaking now, like I'm very aware of how it feels in my entire body. So one, that can be exhausting. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> two, the other side of it is 
it allows me to be more aware and more present to the work. So like even everything I was sharing with you about like the color blue and how painting with blue, I'm like, I can see blue working in real time and I can see how the page is absorbing it. I can see the many values of that blue within the blue and it helps me figure out, oh, okay, I know what what colors to bring in next. I know how to kind of pull this out and bring this in. And yeah, I think all of that is a part of me having to have learned how to really kind of work through all these different sensory things. So, yeah. Wow. Okay, this is amazing. You're actually giving me a lot of language that is making me a little curious about I every time I go somewhere people tell me like whether it's a doctor or whatever oh you are hypersensitive I've heard that mm. word for so long you are mm-hmm. hypersensitive not uh not emotionally like you know so many sensations that are happening in your body yeah. at the same time like it's kind of wild we haven't we don't really ever see this mm. and I'm like what do you mean you can't feel this at the same time as this 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 and they're like, no. So it's kind of making wow. me curious. I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> this this is kind of fascinating. It's, you know, you're teaching me mm, yeah, a lot. I think that there's definitely with people, you know, such as yourself who are who are artists, you know, like there is there. Yeah, I think that there's there's some overlap <laughs> for a mm-hmm. lot of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We just started partnering with a company to put sensory rooms into every arena size venue. Oh, I love that. So that wow. if kids or adults need to go and decompress, whether it's autism or PTSD, whatever sensory amazing. need. Yeah, wow. so it's little rooms where people can go in for like 15-minute windows just to yeah. kind of decompress, de-stress, because you know there's so much yeah. activity in, in shows, mm-hmm. especially arena size shows. There's yeah. so much stimulation. Yeah. And I just really, we started it because we wanted families to be able to come to shows because a lot of times, you know, it's like, well, the mom is staying back with the child Mm -hmm. because there's a sensory issue there. They're not going to be able to make it. And then, you know, somebody else is taking the other daughter or whatever, you know, and we wanted to figure out a way for the entire family to be able to come and enjoy or people that might, you know, feel isolated from their PTSD or their Mm -hmm. autism might be afraid of being triggered and making it a lot more understanding for the general public. Mm -hmm. Like where there's a a space that's like, hey, no, this is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go through this. When someone is having just a moment of being overstimulated, instead of looking at them and wondering what's happening, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, what if the person next to them leaned over and was like, oh, I know, I actually know about this from the awareness that has been brought, from the advocacy mm-hmm. that's been brought. And I think this venue has a room upstairs if you if you need to just take your child and love on them for a second, get them to not have a, a breakdown or whatever. I feel like just these spaces really provide places for families and stuff. So yeah. thanks for oh, sharing your story. Yeah. And, and I love what that about the venues. That's something I hadn't even thought about. Like I... I heard about um, just since me getting diagnosed that like movie theaters now, a lot of movie theaters have um, showings of movies where the sound is not as loud. And I was just oh, like, Oh, I'm yeah. going to that. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> me that. Me too. I haven't made oh. this one yet. But I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just love that. I feel like collectively we're just having more conversations about this because mm-hmm. you know, even when I shared about my 
diagnosis like on social media like I I got so much support I didn't know what to expect I honestly shared it like I was like I don't know I might get a whole bunch of like out there comments I don't know what I'm gonna get and I was like but as long as you know at least one person feels seen Mm -hmm. in what I share that's what matters but I was so surprised by like the support I got and I did get some other comments but whatever like it was still Mm -hmm. overwhelming support and I just that just makes me really excited because I feel like we're in a time where more people are are open to the fact that yeah we're all different and we all have different capabilities and ways of being in the world and and yeah that's just so good to hear I know a more inclusive environment mm-hmm. it's awesome yeah I'm, I'm proud of your boldness um okay changing lanes just a little bit you have a book about practicing peace yes I do yes I ju- they just sent it to me and I cannot oh, wait. Awesome. I can't <laughs> wait to start. You've always, as long as I've known you, you've always carried the presence of peace mm. everywhere you go. You are like so steady. It's honestly the peace that you carry is a, it's actually reliable. And I I say this not with pressure intended. I say it in the way of like you kind of know what to expect when you walk into the room because of. Mm this piece that you just constantly stay in a, in a position of, which is so mm. beautiful. I, I admire it. Um, wow. What are your four yeah. practical ways to practice peace? Yes. So, you know, one thing I've learned and in, in a lot of it, it was what I've been learning along the way. I didn't realize it was connected to being autistic, but a lot of it is. And because I just have to deal with so much real time, how to navigate mm-hmm. with this world, a lot of it has to do with how I feel in my body and just taking deep breaths all the mm-hmm. time. Like, I remember when I was younger, I would take deep breaths and like other kids would say like, what's wrong with you? Like, why do you keep like huffing and puffing? And I'm like, mm. I just have to do it all the time. Like just to, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have used this language when I was younger, but to like mm-hmm. ground myself and to like just release any amount of tension that I can release just to be present in that moment. And, you know, it's just like, I don't think it's any coincidence that God has given us these bodies that can tell us so much just by taking a moment to take a deep breath. So I start there and that's where I start talking about in the book. I just talk about like, hey, when I'm writing in my poetry about inhaling and exhaling, I mean Mm. that literally. I'm like, (laughs) I have to do it. And if nothing else, if this book just encourages you and reminds you like to take as many deep breaths as possible, I feel like it's done its job. And then from there, I just go deeper into other practices that I've found throughout my life that helped me get to that peaceful place. And mm-hmm. one of them I talk about is music. And I talk about how, and this is something that was really important for me to include because, you know, being a singer, being a vocalist, being a musician, sometimes I feel like music, and I don't know if you have this experience, like music becomes something that we make. So mm-hmm. it's like, but it's a totally different experience receiving the music and yes. listening to it and letting the music move you without you having to like be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've actually just been practicing more of like, how can I just more mindfully listen to music and let the oh, actual yeah. sounds like, yeah. just like speak to me and calm me. So one thing I talk about in the book is how classical music has helped me do that because it's, it's just less distracting. You know, I'm just yeah. like, 
I don't know how to play violin, so I'm not thinking about the, <laughs> the violin yes. parts as near as much as I would, you know, in other kinds of music. So, so yeah, I just kind of really nerd out and I just go through every little thing. I'm like, here's just like a hodgepodge of stuff that mm-hmm. I've been learning. And I hope that it can help others as well, you know, find peace in their daily life. So, yeah. I love that. I've got a couple more questions for you. Yeah. Okay. So you write a lot and create around the phrase that there is more to your story. What is that more that you talk about? Oh, yes. So I, I'm so glad you asked this because I I do write that a lot. And at first it was something that just was kind of just naturally coming out. And I was like, I really do want to unpack this a little bit because I was like, I don't want to, I'm not necessarily saying like more things. Mm-hmm. I was like, we need, there's more to your story doesn't mean like, doesn't always quantify as something material. I'm like, sometimes it does, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's deeper than that. And when I think of more and what we need more of is more joy, more peace, more grace, more love. And that let's focus on those things being in abundance and, and not just for ourselves, but for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And that just, for me, that's just something that I want to talk more about because it's like, we don't, we don't know the answers for the future. Like we don't have all of that. Like if someone like, I'm sure you've been in a situation before where someone like asks you for advice and you're just like, okay, here, I'm going to tell you what I know, but I don't exactly know how it's going to play out for you. For you. Even if you try yes. the exact same thing. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. we don't, we don't have that ability. We're not all knowing like that. But it's like what we do know is that whatever happens, we're going to need more grace. (laughs) We're Mm going to need more love. We're definitely going to need more peace in the world. So that's what I like to talk about because I'm like, amidst all that we don't know, amidst all the uncertainty, amidst all the questions, all the things that we can't agree on, let's agree that we do need more of this. We do need more Mm -hmm. love. We do need more joy. We do need more peace. So yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to keep writing about that until we have more of it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love until we have more of it. That's amazing. Uh, what does it mean that there is no finish line? Mm, oh, yeah, it's that's just a reality that I'm living in. Um, mm. <laughs> it's just recognizing that even when, I mean, I've just been very blessed over these past few years to have reached some major milestones, like yeah. stuff that I thought was going to happen a decade from now, just like, here it is. Yes. And what I've discovered is, and and I'm grateful for it. it. At the same time, it's like none of those things define me, define who I am. Like they're mm-hmm. just a part of my story. The story is life itself. <laughs> and yeah. I have to learn that as long as I'm living, there's going to be something that I'm aiming towards, seeking to grow in. There's no, there's no arriving <laughs> while mm-hmm. I'm still here. So that's another, that's another thing that I end up sharing because I'm, I'm seeing that over and over in my life. Because a lot of times I'll get asked, like, when something happens, I'm really excited about it. And people ask, like, well, how do you feel? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just, I mean, I feel grateful. But at the same time, I'm like, I also just want to stay in a posture of just, learning and a posture of just like, this is, this is, it's called a milestone because it's a stone on a path, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not like the finish line. So 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a posture of gratitude and also in a posture of, of growing and just staying open to like, yeah, there's more to the story. So yeah. I love just watching from afar that journey for you. Like, I'm not kidding. There have been so many moments that I've seen things pop up and I'm like from, from your Instagram or what have you. And I've just thought, man, this girl, she is crushing it. Mm-hmm. But to sit here on this call and see that who you are is still the same. I mean, that's the thing that's worth hanging up your hat on mm-hmm. at the end of your life. When you say, okay, here I am, and it still allowed me to operate in the way that God made me, and it still allowed me to be who He created me to be. So I reached out to you on Instagram saying, girl, you're inspiring me, blowing my mind. They didn't set up this podcast. I I didn't know about that. It was actually completely separate. (laughs) I'd messaged you just because I was scrolling through, and I was like, I just— she so inspires me. I'm going to reach out to her and let her know. Like, she's mm. in, you have inspired me. You've literally birthed the idea of, hey, you can do this. You can do mm. it. Just try. And so anyway, I was reaching out to you just nonchalantly. And then Elizabeth, who is yes. the producer of this show, comes to the team and says, hey, what about Morgan Harper Nichols? Would you be interested <laughs> in interviewing her? I was like, are you kidding? Are y'all in my head? I was like, that's wow, amazing. I yeah. love that. Where can everybody listening in find you? Yeah, so I am Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram, Morgan Harper Nichols. And then my website, MorganHarperNichols.com. I try to make it easy for you to be able to find everything, my my app, my books, all that good stuff. So Awesome. Girl, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you thank so much you. for your time. Thanks for sharing your insight. And I'm going to get the color blue and have a little fun. (laughs) Yes, yes, lots of blue. (laughs) Thank you, girl. It's good to see you. Daigle Bites is an Amazon Music podcast hosted by me, Lauren Daigle, and produced by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. Hey, I'm Lauren Daigle. For more interviews and thought-provoking conversations and to listen to every episode, follow us here exclusively on Amazon Music. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Daigle Bites ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bi-centennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless in the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! <laughs> <laughs> 